0: Boom, Sherlock, boom. Episode 180 on the dot baby. 180 on the dot. What a great treat for you today. I have uh Instagram account Mick Dojo Life. You got to check it out. Check out the YouTube. You ever see those videos of those like quote fake karate guys. They'll have like one or two people charge at them and then they'll wave their hands and then the guys charging at them all of a sudden get blown back like they just got hit by like a lightning bolt or something like that he exposes those people Uh, you see the guys with the guns that do like the gun training they'll point it at your face and then show you do a quick move real quick to disarm somebody that's got a pistol you know it's all garbage and um but really what i think he's really invested and his goal for his exposing these frauds Is I didn't realize this, and we'll find out here in the episode. I won't spoil too much, but it's just uh, how much pedophilia goes on in the martial arts world. Uh, Just any any of you listening right now, uh, Mr. John Smith out there, you can go to some strip mall, open up your own little dojo, and call it, you know, John Smith's dojo. And boom, there's no background checks, credentials, anything. You can call yourself a black belt or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's a good place for, I guess, pedophiles to kind of do their thing and and, and hoodwink, hoodwink people. And so this really opened up my eyes to kind of look more into that kind of thing. I have kids. I put my son into karate uh, a few years ago, and I didn't trust the dude, the sensei, the master, whatever. I didn't trust him. Look, I'm not a martial artist, I look like, I, I, I think I could have kicked this dude's Rear end, that's for sure. Um, and then he told this, and it, I finally had he was a few things. I was kept my mouth shut. I just whatever, let this dude do his thing. And then it was Halloween, and he gets all the kids together, and he goes, "You know what? When I was a kid, uh, one of we went trick or treating, and they put razor blades in our apples, uh, and I was just that uh, uh, BS. My BS meter went off, and I was done with that dude, done with the school, all of that jazz." Um, but I never thought about it before, like how much really goes on, like how much, it just opened my eyes to like look into these things more, uh, just look into them more, you know, now that I got kids especially um, This was a good episode, uh, the guy's been mentioned on Joe Rogan's podcast a bunch of times, he's blown up, he's got like 500,000 followers on Instagram, uh, YouTube videos big, he's got a movie coming out, a documentary coming out uh, Rob from McDojo Life. It, amazing. It was great. I'm going to stop now. I know I'm talking. I'm going long. Uh, just check me out, guys, on Patreon.com slash NeanderTalkPodcast. There you can get the video versions for a dollar a month. You can give me $5 a month and you can get extra content. You can get a little goodie magnet that looks just like my club that I, that I have the guest takes pictures with. All that jazz uh, And then likes, you know, like, follow, subscribe All that good stuff Tell a friend about the podcast I'm a-rambling on McDojo Life, baby Welcome 180 I didn't like how I ended that Episode 180 of Neander Talk Podcast Yeah Welcome to the
1: Neander Talk Podcast Will no topic is off limits Now here's your host Mind thank you for coming today in the po- podcast boom
0: shot, boom three two one welcome everybody we got rob mcdojo's life joining yeah, the what podcast up. what up man thanks for doing hey really i forgot to thank you before we
1: started this but thank you for doing this for me this is really cool of you yeah not a problem i gave myself a couple specific rules when i started the brand and uh, two of those rules are concrete never going to change one I said I do every anybody's show whoever asked and I will always do that I don't care if they have no followers I don't Whoa. care if I'm the first guest I will do absolutely every show I'm ever asked to do period um, and then the other thing is I answer every direct message I ever get even though that one is much more of a nightmare <laughs> so
0: i that holy cow that's gonna be a tough one because now Uh, For folks out there listening, uh, it's McDojo's Life on Instagram, and is what,
1: I'm sure also .com and probably everywhere else. Yeah, it's uh, McDojo Life, so M-C-D-O-J-O Life at pretty much any social media.
0: Yeah, I just know you on uh, Instagram. That's my favorite platform. And there you have like, I don't know, like 400,000 something followers or something ridiculous like
1: that. Yeah, we have quite a bit of support on, on Instagram, and the goal is to continue to grow on various different social medias, because one, you never know how long social media is going to last for you, especially in today's climate, um, where you could be, you could have a two million followers, hell, you could even be the president, and you can still get kicked <laughs> off of social media, so um, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, but, you know, it's Why, that you become president? Oh well, shit, I would not want that job. <laughs> I'll hard pass on that. <laughs> <Top of laughs> Blow, <laughs> like you automatically want half the population to immediately hate you for some reason or another that probably isn't even real. Become the president, like it's a good way to get screwed over by the uh, the masses.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. It's a, it's a fun little game, isn't it? Sorry, I cut you off. Oh man. Okay. All good. <laughs> um, what was it like? I, I gotta know. What was it like? I'm a big Rogan fan, probably, obviously. What was it like the first time he mentioned Because that's how I found out about you. I'm listening to you, and he's talking. I mean, this was years ago, and the first time he's talking to a guest. Yo, have you heard of McDojo Life on Instagram? Check this out. And, he, you know, Jamie brings it up. and
1: Yeah, I actually have a that story like- about that. I okay. actually have a couple Rogan stories. And for someone who I have still never met, um, the dude has given me some amazing stories just by him doing nice things for me. Um, So like I was at the time a martial arts instructor, which has been the majority of my life. I have been an instructor or been in the industry. So I started when I was 12, you know, worked my way up from being a student to assistant instructor, full-time instructor, you know, then eventually owning my own school, then wound up selling that program and becoming a striking coach at someone else's facility. And so while I'm over there, I happen to be the camp director. So we had uh, summer camps going on and I was a camp director. So we would do these jujitsu summer camps. And uh, so I'm over there and we had a facility we were renting for just the summer. So I was painting the walls and getting it all set up. And then while I'm painting the walls, my phone started like vibrating like uncontrollably. And so I picked it up and I I didn't even look at it because I just thought something was wrong. So I just shut it off and put it back in my pocket and just kept going on throughout my day. And then uh, we had you know, an after-school program that was going on at the facility next door. So I go over there and start helping out with kids checking out and stuff like that. And then as a parent comes in, they go, Hey man, congratulations. (laughs) I go, what are you talking about? (laughs) They go, Oh, you didn't hear like Rogan mentioned you on a show. And I was like, really? I was like, that's weird. So I like picked up my phone and turned it back on. And if you've ever turned on an iPhone, when you have messages They'll have like they kind of come up like a fan, like a wave of messages mm-hmm. will just kind of roll on your screen, and it did it for like five minutes. Oh, I was like, what the? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like okay, that's like a big deal. And so, um, at the time, Instagram for me was—I wouldn't say it was a newer medium, but we definitely had more followers on our Facebook page, which has since been removed thanks Facebook. Um, we, should, we started rebuilding that by the way, but um, we had like 150,000 followers on Facebook. And then on Instagram, we like maybe had 50,000. And then like that, it was like a hundred thousand. Wow. Um, we were like, holy! I was like, God damn. All right. I'll take that. And then like, of course, you know, I, I sent him a message and I was like, yo man, I, I truly appreciate that. You took the time to, to mention my, my page on your show it meant a lot to me. And I just want to say, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for that. Because what he did, all I mean, I say all he did, but what he really did was just push us forward in the evolution of what we would be doing as a business. Instead of it taking five years for us to get there, he did it in a matter of a day. Wow. Um, And so I was like, you know, because I run my thing like a business, you know, I make sure that I'm working on it constantly to try to make it updated and know where our goals and standards are set. And then I was like, damn, he just really did at the time five years projected worth of work in a day and I was like I don't know if I'm prepared for that so like time to start because you expect you know your business five years from now you're going to have five years to plan and and be put yourself in place to be able to be prepared for being more successful so you you have the infrastructure to run your business you can grow too fast too soon oh (laughs) Um, and that was not something I was prepared for and so I immediately had to like take an entire week and just restructure what my business model was immediately. Uh, We changed our branding. We changed our logo. We changed uh, how we operated internally and like immediately had to to take a 180 to switch things up to basically say, hey, all that five years that you had to work and plan, you don't have that anymore. You get it done now or you're going to (laughs) bomb. And so it's a gift, really, like it's a gift. Someone gives you and says, you know, that thing you really want here, And then you go, well, fuck, I wasn't ready to go tough titties. It's not up (laughs) for me to be ready. You either find a way to get ready or you just, it won't happen for you. You either wanted it or you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that that was an absolutely huge moment. And like I said, ever ever since then, he's done really nice things for me, like extremely kind human being. Um, He's helped out friends of mine um, with issues that they have had. Um, And I got to say, it's just really cool to see somebody genuine, who just gives a damn that's it like doesn't want anything doesn't even seem to want to thank you <laughs> just does it to do it
0: wow uh well <clears throat> uh that's a that's a really cool story what i mean yeah they call that the rogan bump
1: yeah um well <laughs> like forgive- oprah back in the day you know yeah. if you were on oprah's book club son you were you were going to sell some books <laughs> you yeah know?
0: the secret how many people did that trick people uh well for, forgive me uh forgive my ignorance here I just know you know your Instagram account and follow that and enjoy enjoy that when you're but when you're talking about your business and it changed your business model, what exactly do you mean by your business? Like you know, like I said, I basically just know you as your on your Instagram channel, putting out awesome content of all these you know what do you call them shucksters shysters? Yeah, so fake, technically my fake gurus,
1: uh, my uh, mission statement is i call out fakes frauds phonies con men and pedophiles in order to keep the martial arts legit um and so that's basically my entire business model is the fact that there are so many people out there who are frauds in the industry and not just frauds i mean we're talking some really vile stuff um real con men real rapists pedophiles rampant in the martial arts industry really. I posted a video one time on our YouTube channel that is an hour and a half long, and it is made up of nothing but, like, maybe 30-second news clips, like, that they would show on the news um, of anchors speaking about rapists and pedophiles in the martial arts industry. It's an hour and a half long. Wow. Like, 30 seconds apiece. Like, do the math. It is an absolutely ridiculous number of pedophiles in the industry, some of which, by the way, here's a cute little story, still operate today and are still allowed legally around children. Thank you, legal loopholes. Are they Catholic priests or something? How do they get around that? <laughs> well, one guy, and I love calling these people out because, God damn, it makes me feel good. Um, there's a guy named David Arnbeck. And David Arnbeck molested a 15-year-old girl in his house. So his daughter had a sleepover with this girl. Um, obviously an underage child. I do believe she was 15 Uh, off the top of my head.
0: I can't handle these
1: stories. Molesting her inside the home. She runs home, tells her parents. All of a sudden things go to court, obviously. And so he winds up taking a plea deal and the type of plea deal that he took kept him off the sex offender registry. And so the dude still runs three schools today. It's called Warriors Cove MMA. Feel free to look that up. You'll see David Arnbeck right at the front page of their website. And even, even crazier, is he made a website called davidarnbeck.com that talks nothing but about the case and it's like at the end of the day dude you pled guilty no matter what your excuses are you admitted guilt in a court of law once you did that even if you weren't put under sex offender registry if you were just a good human being you would no longer put yourself around children like you would you know obviously be able to Mm -hmm. be around your kids because legally you're allowed to and all that stuff right but You as a human being would go, I know how this looks. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. I won't be around kids. Instead, he makes an an entire website with excuses. So that way people like who look into him can see his side of the story. His side of the story is the same as everyone else's side. You got accused of molesting a child in your home. You took a plea deal. And then that plea deal, the dude said that he was too drunk to remember and then pled guilty. Then that means he got all the charges that goes along with being convicted of guilt. And then after that just didn't happen to be put on a sex offender registry. So in my mind, if you want to run a martial arts school, do that. Make it adults only. Stay away from kids. Stay away from kids. Do a job that does not require you to be around children at that point. You fuck that up. Whatever happened, whatever the situation is, that avenue is done for you. And so it just blows my mind that the dude's still operating today. And what's even worse is that that's not a hidden story. Like, you can just look it up. It's easy to find. And people still pay this man money. They obviously <laughs> like,
0: don't know. They don't know the story. They can't, you know, how many people are researching their, you know, if they're just dropping their kid off at a quote unquote karate school or whatever the kind of school it is. Like how many of these parents are really investigating who these, uh, these, these teachers are, you know, well, I mean, you should, a good te-
1: you know, you should. I mean, I, I, that's why I do what I do. It's, it's one of those things where the martial arts industry is a very strange place. Um, one there is no regulating body to martial arts at all so anybody at all at any time can just go i'm the 85th degree black belt of whatever style i decided to make up open up a martial arts school and call it steve's all you can eat chinese food emporium in karate (laughs) you know you come for the karate but you stay for the egg rolls you know and then after that decide that they're just going to open up a school and people as long as they're charismatic enough and good at business they can just operate and no one's going to call them out on it because no one can actually stop them because there's no law to stop <clears throat> shuckster. And so I actually started McDojo Life specifically because of a conversation that I had with a student. So at the time I was a program director at a jiu-jitsu academy. Uh, I ran their kids program and their striking program and did most of the paperwork. So I wore many hats. <laughs> and so I'm at the desk one day, my boss calls me and he goes, Hey man, I'm not feeling very well. Could you do me a favor and just teach the class for me today? And I give him credit. Like That was probably the only time this dude ever called out sick and call it fate or irony or I don't know what you would call it. But the only time I remember this dude ever calling out sick quite literally changed my life. So like I wind up uh, going on the mat teaching class, super basic stuff, arm bar, triangle choke transition between the two and then spar. Then after that, because it was a noon class, most of the dudes there didn't work like because they were there for the noon class. So they were either off for the day or, you know, financially well to do. So we're shooting the shit after class and we got on the subject of McDojo's. And so as we're talking about that for a good 30, 45 minutes, there was one guy there. It was only a second class ever. After everybody left, he pulls me off to the side and he goes, hey, man, I'm a little embarrassed He goes, you guys were talking about something called the McDojo. goes, I don't know what that is. It's only like my second class. Could you like maybe explain that a little bit more to me? And so I did, which has since kind of become the basis of the five rules of the page. Um, but when I explained it to him, he asked me a really simple question. And I don't know why it never clicked. But he said, how come no one does anything about that? I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, that's a good ass question. I was like, I really have no answer for you. I don't know why people don't Talk about this more or bring it up more. So I researched it that night because I couldn't stop thinking about that question. And then it boy it came to me that there was only one website at the time that even remotely was trying to talk about it. It was called bullshido.com. Okay. Oh, cool. And Bullshito was a forum, but all it really was doing was it was just people bitching. Like there was no real resolve. There was no real solution. It was just like this guy sucks. And I noticed there was a lot of dick waving in there. Like people were just making fun of things that probably shouldn't have been made fun of. And then I realized like, well, in order for you to fix the problem, you have to define the problem. If you can't define the problem, you can't fix it. And so that night I sat down I started like writing up. I was like, well, what is really a McDojo? Because if you ask a whole bunch of different people, they're gonna give you different answers. Some people are gonna say it's a belt factory. Like they just give away belts. Well, that's weird. Cause there is no standard for that. So like, for instance, if you go to Taekwondo, People in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu will make fun of guys in Taekwondo because it only takes them two to three years to get a black belt in some organizations. But meanwhile, BJ Penn got his black belt in three years, but they don't make fun of that guy. You know, it's like, well, well, he earned it. No, the fact is, is that he did your style. And so you respect it. You just don't respect the other style. But that doesn't make them fraudulent. It just makes them different. So that how long it takes you to get a belt can't be the answer. Then some people will go, well, they charge too much. Well, that's subjective. Just because you can't afford it doesn't mean other people can't. You wouldn't call a Lamborghini, you know, like a McDojo car <laughs> because it's expensive. It just means you can't afford it. And so that couldn't be the answer. So I really defined five specific rules that were universal that I have yet to have anyone disagree with. And um, which is amazing to me because I would have figured there would be at least one person be like, no, that doesn't count. Um, but then after that, it kind of got the ball rolling. But what are those five people. rules? uh one no pedophiles um you shouldn't have pedophiles in the martial arts industry if someone's been convicted of pedophilia um they should not be around the industry primarily because there are a lot of children in the martial arts industry and pedophilia is rampant in the industry
0: i never thought about that i never thought but it makes so much sense of course pedophiles always surround themselves around children oh oh, that's i hate hate that that's so scary i really hate that All right. So that's rule one. No, no pedophiles. I like that rule.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And again, like all the rules I'm about to give you, almost everyone has universally agreed to like, some people are like, well, that doesn't count like pedophiles, of course. Like, yeah, but that's why it's a rule. Like people are so (laughs) busy bitching about how long it takes to get a belt or how good someone is that they completely ignore major issues. Like if you typed in martial arts arrested on Google, chances are good within the last week or so, someone got convicted of pedophilia who was a martial arts instructor i guarantee it i do news stories every week um so pedophiles is one um lying about your belt rank or your fight record so in the in martial arts when you first go to a facility i'm sorry i'm writing them down so i keep track um but when you go to a martial arts facility the first conversation you have with an instructor is about them. <laughs> like you, you want to learn about what you're about to learn. And so they typically give you their expertise and what they are qualified to teach you. So if they're willing to lie to you in the first minute of meeting you, they're going to lie about a shitload more. Right. And so lying about your belt ranking, your fight record is very important. It's the equivalent in the martial arts industry of stolen valor. If you fought. Oh, you wow. Did. Okay. If, if you didn't, you didn't. And it's okay if you didn't. If you never fought a Daniel like, that, that's okay. No one gives John Donna here a hard time. And if for anybody who doesn't know, John Donna here is the person who is training Gordon Ryan. He trains uh, taught at Henzo Gracie's facility. He's an absolute legendary instructor. He himself is now the world champion, but that doesn't matter because he's honest and he makes champions. And so that's okay, you know, as long as you're honest. Um, rule number three is unsafe training practices and cult-like behavior. So, unsafe training practices and the cult-like behavior is something that is really funny because a lot of people will accuse traditional martial arts of being culty when the most culty shit I've seen actually does come from (laughs) jiu-jitsu and I'm a purple belt in Brazilian jujitsu myself I absolutely love jiu-jitsu but the culty stuff comes out of there there's a term in Brazilian jujitsu called the crianche and I'm not Portuguese Uh, I don't (laughs) speak Portuguese so obviously I butchered it but a crianche was a soap opera character that was very shady and manipulative and in brazilian jiu-jitsu a crianche is a term for someone who's a trader for someone who goes to another martial arts facility other than yours and trains with them that's not how this works in real life you crazy sons of bitches like in real life you know i'm paying you for a service and what i do outside of this facility is none of your fucking business
0: oh yeah that makes sense yeah of course (laughs) like
1: Oh my God, he went and trained in another facility. Who gives a shit? Did he pay for it? Is he allowed? He's a human. He can do whatever he wants. But the moment an instructor tells you what you can and cannot do, obviously within reason, obviously you shouldn't go out and represent their school in a negative way and blah, blah, blah. I get that. But they can't tell you where you can and can't train. You would, I would never work in any other place. You would never go to Walmart and be like, "Hey, man, I'm really sorry. I went to Publix the other day. Is that cool?" And some yeah. cashier is like, "Get the fuck Get out, of Get out of here! Never come back! Get out of here! You traitor! What a traitor! Yeah. you know, nice. you never that would never work. So, but unsafe training practices is the other caveat to that, which is, you know, having your students just line up and hitting them in the head and making mm. them take it because it's going to toughen them. That's not how science works you geniuses but overseas you get this a lot because there's just not enough education on those subjects and even in the united states research about tbis and cte wasn't really a big deal until like the last like 20 years like if you really think about it like even that even if that right if that that's right you know um chris benoit was probably the biggest case that really did like push it into like the forefront of people looking into it
0: I'd say um, that or, uh, oh, who's that? Was it Mateo Manti Manti Teo? Or was that who was the guy that shot himself? Was he the football player? It was the football player. I think it was uh, Aaron Hernandez. No, no, way before that. I think his
1: name was Manti Teo. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. You know, it's, it's scary stuff. And as a fighter, you will get hit, but it's kind of like saying as a NASCAR driver, you will get into a wreck. Like, okay, that's fair. You will probably get into a wreck sometime, multiple times in your career. The goal isn't to get into the wreck. The goal is to win the race. So what you don't do as a NASCAR driver is practice running your car hundreds of miles an hour into a (laughs) wall to prepare yourself. That would be ridiculous, right? But overseas, you have these people who are like, well, we want to prepare you for getting hit. So just stand there and take it. It's like, no, you morons. Like, that again, that's the equivalent of asking a NASCAR driver to run 100 miles an hour into a wall well, to prepare them for the wreck. That's well, just ridiculous.
0: Well, listen, if, if Dale Earnhardt would have maybe practiced a few run into the wall, he still might be with us today,
1: or he might not be with us at all before that race. <laughs> <laughs> he might not have made it to the race. Uh-huh. Um, right. but, uh huh. But number five is uh, no touch knockouts and mislabeling technique. So obviously, like I say, obviously, because we're sane human beings, I'm assuming, um, no touch knockouts is something that's practiced all over the world. They just call it something different. So some people will say it's project projecting your chi. Some people will say it's your ki, spelled K-I. Some people will say it's your ki, spelled Q-I. Some people will call it the Holy Spirit. Some people will call it Tanaga Dalam. Some people <laughs> will call it Ilmu Ludani. Like, jeez. It just goes on and on all around the world in multiple cultures. They call it something different, but universally for some reason, it's in every culture. And so people, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, the no them, knockout,
0: the no they, knockout, they believe
1: okay, no touch, they no to knockout. wave what is your that? hand and knock someone unconscious.
0: Wait, every culture has that every
1: culture, name one. We, what is that? What is ours? What's the Americans version of it? It would basically come through Christianity. It would be the Holy Spirit. So you'll see stuff like that with televangelists who from- oh
0: yeah, <laughs> so,
1: yeah, like or yes. in Russia, Sistema. Uh, Sistema does a lot of that in Russia. If you look up Mikhail Rybach or Rybov, I forget his name, but big fat guy. Everybody's like, they taught the Spets nuts. It's like, bitch, that's not how the military works. Any military doesn't work that way. Like, and I'm dumbfounded by this lie of Sistema. Like oh my god they have to be legit because they taught the spetsnaz like you understand? I don't even know what
0: that is I've never even heard of this word or say I never even heard of what you're talking about right here
1: which one the spetsnaz or sistema? yeah both uh, spetsnaz is a uh, Russian special forces okay so they're like tip of the spear it would be I'm not I I don't necessarily know if they would be the equivalent of our seals but they are the elite of the elite in okay Russia. and sistema is a Russian martial art um and their figureheads is uh the figurehead is mikhail rybov um and i'm pretty sure i'm butchering his name obviously i don't care because he's a fraud so he can suck it down. <laughs> but uh, mikhail has done things where he'll have someone lay on the ground and he'll wave his hand and they're like i can't move i just can't get up and he's like yes i know and he'll explain scientifically how he's manipulated their energy and they can't get up and then he'll wave his hand and they can get back up and what's funny is people will defend system systema to the grave and they'll go, Oh my God, systema is so legit. Cause they taught special forces. Well, how about let's give an example of our special forces. Do you remember a story called the men who stare at goats? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a real story.
0: That's C- really CIA.
1: That was like a CIA thing, right? Like that was to... our, our military, our right. government paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to try to train special soldiers to give them superpowers like things like walking through walls or uh astral projection or mind reading like right. all that right obviously all they really did was just punch a bunch uh, pump a bunch of soldiers full of drugs and then hope for the best but um that's a ridiculous stain on our military is the fact that we bought into that bullshit um and so but that no one would say oh that's legit because our government paid for it Like, no one would say that. They would be like, yeah, that was just a really stupid oversight. But on the other hand, you have Sistema and people talk about that. Well, how real militaries work is they bring in multiple instructors from all kinds of different walks of life, from all kinds of martial arts backgrounds to teach special forces units. So you'll have a JKD guy, like somebody like Dan and Asanto has taught special forces before. Somebody like a Paul Vunok who's taught Navy SEAL teams before. Um, Somebody like, um, you know, uh, the Gracie family, who they brought multiple times in to teach special forces units, like, but they don't just teach them one thing. <laughs> like, they pay right. for a lot of different things. So when Russia goes, yeah, or when people try to defend Systema by saying, yeah, they taught the Spets, and that's like, they're not the only ones who did. And just because they did that, that doesn't make them valid. like they got hired for a job okay
0: yeah yeah i've never heard of that one um what what's going on with people that are believing this because when you do watch those videos that clearly that person if the 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 power of chi where it's like goku's invisible fireball hitting somebody what is it to the person that i don't understand the person that when they get hit by the chi and they throw themselves back Obviously, they're not feeling anything. It's a part of it. They have to know they're acting and putting on this big show. What up is to it a g- point. Up, up, up.
1: up to a point. So like, uh, just for anybody who wanted it, the last one, Shady Business Practices on the rule set. But when it comes to the victims, and I call them victims because it's just like any other cult. The hard part is, is that when we look at martial arts, we have a hard time making martial arts and cults fit together. We look at religion and easily say that's a cult, right? We can look at somebody and like Benny Hinn and he waves his jacket and 30 people fly back and you go, how, how do these okay. people believe that? Well, the, it starts off just like anything else. It starts off with a grooming process. So it's not like you get to that point, the first day you show up. That's not how any of this has ever worked. That's not how a long con works at all. The first okay. thing I need to do is I need to start slowly brainwashing you over a long period of time. And then I need to start isolating you. So by isolating you, that might not necessarily just be physical. That might be mental. So for instance, in jujitsu, like I said before, the term kriyanch, oh, you can't go train over there. If you go train over there, you're a traitor. That's isolation. That's a part of grooming. You have to think the way we think. You have to do what we do. Or the consequences are we excommunicate you. Now, if you think about it from a term of like somebody who just started, they, they either stay or leave right? You, you got to figure for every cult, there are a fuck ton of people that never even joined up because they thought it was ridiculous. Right. But for every like 100 people who thought it was ridiculous, one signs up. <laughs> and so, um, But the one who signs up, in order for them to be manipulated, you have to start convincing them that what you're doing is good for them. You also have to start convincing them that this is your friends, this is your family. So you'll hear a lot of speak like that, like, oh, this is our family here. Like, no, it's not. That's a group of people you hang out with, They might be your friends, your acquaintances. That's not your actual family. When you start doing that, you're changing somebody's ideology. You're starting to slowly but surely manipulate them into believing that this is my family. It's my extended family, but it's my family. Okay. And then when I put you in a position, finally, you have to make a decision. I start doing this and you already know it's expected of you. You already know it's expected that you fall over. And if you don't fall over without me touching you, what happens is now you run a risk of making the instructor upset. You run a risk of losing your friends. You run a risk of losing your hobby. You run a risk of losing what's now considered your family. And on top of that, an ideology, which is extremely difficult to change people's minds on. Once somebody has a belief, it's up to them to change it. You will not change someone's belief they have to want to change it. And so they get caught in this situation where it's like, okay, if I fall over, I can continue life as normal. But if I don't fall over, I lose everything to them, everything. It's not, but they're convinced that it is. And so they fall over. And at first, yeah, they might be pretending, but the problem is with ideology is over a long period of time, you can start believing some really fucking stupid shit. And so They might not believe it at first, but over a long period of time, they definitely could start believing it. They could really believe, like heart rates could go up, blood pressure could drop, like it could actually give them a placebo effect. Now they're doing it to themselves. They are. They're 100% doing it to themselves. But it is a placebo effect based on manipulation over a long period of time. Wow. So if you ever talk to these wackos, which I have to, um, what you wind up hearing is a lot of like, I, I promise you it's real. I was there. It happened to me. It's like, look, man, I could do a couple magic tricks right now and convince you that they were real. But the problem is, is that I will tell you that it's a magic trick before I do it. So, you know, it's a trick. If I did it without telling you that, I might convince you that it's chi, the Holy Spirit, some type of higher deity or power, but it's not. It's just a trick. But to them, their life is everything to that cult. That is their life. And so it's a very difficult thing to try to get them out, and that's why I do what I do. I might not be able to get those people out, but if I can just show enough evidence that people will be aware that that's a real thing that happens to people, I can get less people to join them. And then, you know, I do my job. Have
0: you talked to many of these people that are, yeah, that are in the cult, like not the leaders, but the, the, the
1: believers, you've talked to many of them. Absolutely. And yeah, usually if I uh, post a video or something, usually like, sometimes I get the leader, uh, which is always fun. Cause I just roast the shit out of them because mm-hmm. I believe they're manipulative con artists, but the followers I believe are victims, Like as much as we want to think, well, they have to go along with it. So they're just as bad. They're really not like they're people. They're just regular people. If you got conned by your mechanic and your mechanic was like, yeah, you got to fix all this. And you went to another mechanic and the other mechanic was like, no, you don't like he was lying to you to take advantage of you. You would never call that person at fault. You would say that was a victim of someone who was a con artist. Right. So why do we think that people who are victims of cults, are in on it, or they're, they're a part of the problem. They're not, they're just, they're people who were taken advantage of by a professional con artist. Um, And so I, I feel really bad for them. You know, I, I really do. I, I like, when I talk to them, I talk with nothing but sympathy. I don't badmouth them. I don't make fun of them because I, I want them to understand that I'm coming from a place of care. Like they are victims here. They just don't know it because they're so ingrained and indoctrinated into a belief structure that a manipulative professional con artist has given them that they're not aware of what's happened to them and we did a documentary um which we're working on distribution right now uh, i was gonna so ask probably- you about
0: that yeah i remember uh, it was, i don't know a couple of years ago or so that you started started putting that together
1: yeah it was like we started three years ago <clears throat> but we started right before covid right? and okay. we weren't aware that that was going to happen and of course that screwed up a lot of things but we kept <laughs> barreling forward anyway um but while that we did that documentary, we actually uh, interviewed some cult experts and psychologists and tried to learn more about the side of the victim. Like, how does this happen to you? And they universally, all of them, I think we we spoken with five, six, <clears throat> sorry, we spoke with six. Um, and all of them universally said the same thing without us like guiding them to an answer, which was there are three things that seem to be universal for people to follow into cults. One, people who were typically well-paid poor people can't afford a cult <laughs> like they can't afford it like they don't have time they're too busy going to work they're too busy going to their jobs they're too busy supporting their family they're poor okay. their whole life is a grind right. they do not have time for the extras oh wow and okay so, uh so the next one was well-educated people uh well-educated people are usually more likely to fall victims of cults because they continued their education so if you think about it when they start as preschoolers and they start education before even going to elementary. Then they spend the next 13 years, kindergarten through thir- thir- uh, 12th grade, 13 years on top of that. So now they're probably at least 15 years in from preschool to, thir- uh, to 12th grade. Then after that, they decide to go to college for another eight years, if not more. So their entire life has been nothing but education. So what do they wind up doing? Continue their education, it's what they know. And so they'll go to the Tony Robbins seminar, the Gary Vee seminar because they they're looking for to better themselves somehow. Okay. Or they'll go to the guru seminar. Why? One, those seminars are very expensive. Poor people can't afford them, but two, they're also looking to get educated. There's something they don't know. There's something they want to improve. And they think this person will provide that opportunity for them. And then the last one, which is the most important one, people who don't think they'll fall victims of cults are the most likely to fall victims of cults. Um, and that's a pretty easily, um, and by the way, just to give you an example of those last two, there was a movie called, a uh, documentary called Wild, Wild Country on Netflix. And those people literally built a town. They built an entire town because the cult was made up of doctors and lawyers and architects and engineers. Wow. not uneducated people. These were extremely intelligent people. Um, and Whoa. then, <laughs> uh, but imagine. Imagine someone out there listening right now. I could never fall victim of a cold. I'll just do it. No, we can all fall victim of a con man. And I'll give you a quick test to see how good your resolve is. Um, I'll ask you. All right. We'll just use you as an example. Oh, are, great. Are, are you a professional chef? No. Do you think you can cook a meal better than a professional chef? It
0: depends on what, what. Your definition of defini- of a professional chef is someone that's like a, a chef at Red Lobster
1: or Olive Garden or something? That's think- not a professional chef. That's a cook. Are oh, you is- a professional chef, an no. educated chef with a oh, new no. new culinary Oh No, I couldn't do that. Arts?
0: I couldn't. Right, do so that. you would
1: imagine that they would probably be better at that than because they went to school and that's all <laughs> they do for a living. All right. So are you a mechanic? No. Do you think you can fix a car better than a mechanic? Not even close. Are you a con artist? No. So do you think you'd be better at conning people than a con artist? No, no. So why do we think? This is an immediate thing, right? People will go along with that logic. Of course, I'm not a chef. Of course, I couldn't cook better than them. Of course, I'm not a mechanic. Of course, they'd fix a car better than me. Of course, I'm not a con artist, but con artist better than me. Come on. This is what they do for a living. Like, this is how they make their money. They're they all they do all day long is con people. Sometimes on a global scale, and you really think you're going to outsmart the person who has to outsmart people all day long for a job,
0: that answer
1: will be universally no. And here's another example. When you go to the grocery store, for anybody who thinks you're not manipulated, when you go to the grocery store, if I were to describe the grocery store to you, usually on the outside rim of the grocery store is where all the good things are for you, right? Your standards. Your dairy products or your bread your bakery your meats all that stuff right and then in the aisles is where you find all the non-perishables usually you find canned goods and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but then you go through that entire thing for like let's say real shopping right at least 30 45 minutes if it's right you walk through that entire thing 45 minutes up and down every aisle all around the store and then you get to the checkout aisle And when you get to the checkout aisle, you look around and you notice there's little single-served foods and drinks. There's a candy bar. There's a can of soda. There's a pack of gum. In the store, all of that was there in bulk and cheaper. Think about it. Like if you wanted a candy bar, there's a bag of candy inside the store that is almost the same price as that one candy bar, right? If you wanted a soda... That one soda is going to cost you a couple bucks, usually because they're in the bigger plastic like soda cans, right, or soda bottles in the store, you could have bought a 12 pack for almost the same price as that one soda. So if it was really your idea to buy those things at checkout, wouldn't you have gotten them when you were already in the store when it was cheaper and you would have gotten more for your money, but someone smarter than us realized they can manipulate us by putting that thing there, because you'll at the last moment go, man, I'm kind of hungry. I've been walking around this whole time, man. I'm kind of thirsty. I've been walking around this whole time. So you'll pay more well more for convenience because someone smarter than us has manipulated us into thinking that way. Like that wasn't our idea. It really, if you think it was your idea, then you are a fucking moron (laughs) because you basically just said, I am willing to bypass the entire store of all the things that are cheaper, and I can get more of, so I can pay more at the checkout line. And if that's really you, your personal way of thinking, that's just not a very smart way of thinking. <laughs> like- Well,
0: well listen, uh, that Coca-Cola is cold up there. Yeah, yeah well, it's cold. One, on the, one on the shelf is is warm.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that, wow.
0: Well, at least the media is not manipulating anybody. You know what I mean? You know, or your government or
1: any political parties or anything like that. Wow, no that's so be
0: crazy. Be. That makes me want to go like live off in a cave somewhere, and just, it's just oh my god, we're just constantly getting manipulated. But, but I think
1: we—it's just—it's just, it's just a, a fact of life. And but, I think the, the the crazy thing is, is that a lot of people who I've spoken with over the last decade of doing this, they during like like let's say the last president presidency, um, they were willing to completely get rid of entire family members from their life simply because they voted differently. But they still don't think they could be manipulated like first of all my personal opinion is both sides of the aisle are going to manipulate you because both sides of the aisle want to continue to be in power now they might manipulate you in a way that will still keep a lot of your interests in mind like for instance you might agree with more of how you're being fucked by this party than that party but at the end of the day they don't give a shit about you like that's not how this works um and so when i think about like all the people who think they can't be manipulated i just like look at the polls (laughs) you know oh yeah it's like look at look at politics man look at people's comment sections like people will bring up politics and shit that has nothing to do with politics and still think that they're not being manipulated some (laughs) dude could be weightlifting and they'll mention like biden (laughs) like some people will be weightlifting and they'll mention trump like what the fuck does that got to do with anything like this dude's lifting weights man he's not running for office (laughs) like that but
0: social media, that social media has got us manipulated, talking, talking about that kind of crap.
1: Some people are even happy that you know, like that people aren't allowed to speak their minds. You know, like oh. that's also strange to me. It's like why? Yeah, I, don't, would, yeah. I personally want to be able to spot the assholes. You know? I,
0: yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, that whole censorship and kicking people off Twitter, and I, you know, the only people that should be against free speech are governments. But you yeah. got a, you got a whole party that seems to be against it right now it's it's weird i guess it's because it's on their side uh so when you're doing when you post a video and so you get some of these victims have you have, have you gotten any of them to uh like see the light and come back over and be like oh my gosh i i didn't understand
1: i was manipulated mostly people who weren't indoctrinated like what i mean by indoctrinated over a long period of time right. most were fairly new but i've had victims contact me and tell me thank you um, they, like uh, they were like I was associated with this particular group you had called out this instructor who was the head of that group I looked into them I saw that this was not what I wanted to be associated with and left um, but that was because they, they themselves were not aware that there were major issues because like you said before people unfortunately give martial arts instructors a lot of power before they ever even get to know them like right off the bat like if you think about it you automatically have to give them power over you because you have to admit that they know more than you. That's why you're there. And See, you have they to assume more. they can
0: kick your ass.
1: Yeah. So like you're automatically <laughs> going and which is a weird standard of, of honor and integrity because you can go to any prison in the world. And there's probably a bunch of people that can kick your ass, but you've never called them <laughs> since then, <laughs> you know, like right. when does kicking someone's ass becomes a standard of like being good and noble Like <laughs> and never ever in the history of anything. Um, but for some reason, You know, people automatically give instructors honor and integrity and respect. They assume that these are tenants that that those people live by. They forget that they're just people with a skill, you know, and they automatically assume that this person is going to be their everything, their mentor, their dietitian, their strength and conditioning coach, their friend, you know, like, no, they're none of those things usually. They're one thing, they're your martial arts instructor. <laughs> you paid them for a skill. They provide that skill and help you get better at that skill. But that doesn't mean that they're a certified dietitian. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean that they're right. a certified therapist. You know, that doesn't even mean they're a good person. You know, that just means they could beat you up and they could teach you how to beat people up. That's it. And, uh, but people want to make it so much more than that. It's just not. And when you try to start making it so much more than that, what you wind up doing is doing a disservice to yourself. Martial arts can be a beautiful outlet to do a lot for you, but the only person that's going to do that for you in martial arts, and this is just based off my own personal experience is you like, that's the, that's the trick. That's the real trick. That's the Kung Fu Panda trick. Like if you ever remember like that one Kung Fu Panda, where he's trying to find the scroll and he's trying to figure out the secret technique and he pulls (laughs) up the scroll and it's just a reflection of himself. That's a lot of truth. Like if you want to be better, more confident, martial arts won't do that for you, but you will do that for you through practicing martial arts, or you won't. There are plenty of people out there who do martial arts that have no self-esteem whatsoever, but that's because they're not taking the lessons that they're learning and putting that up against their world. You know, for instance, the first time I really realized martial arts was doing more for me than just beating people up was when I was a kid, I was beaten up a lot in school, picked on, teased, um i got jumped uh, which is actually the catalyst for getting the into martial arts i i was jumped by six kids they stabbed me with pencils they kicked me in the face jeez, what did you do to them uh, i was born with a cleft lip and palate and i was an easy target. oh wow and so i was picked on and teased all the Damn. time and uh, two teachers stood by and watched the entire thing they did nothing they just watched me get beat up um jeez and they beat me for five minutes. The only reason I know it was five minutes because they beat me from the start of one of the bells Oh no! <laughs> and then they beat me until the next bell rang. And so after mm-hmm. that second bell rang, I was laying there. I had uh, my glasses had broken and cut in my face. And um, I, I still had pencil in my hand um, from when I someone tried to stab me during that altercation. I went to go stop it and they stabbed me in the hand. Oh, um, geez, So uh, I'm laying there. And then a friend of mine who was super late to the class I can see him like off in the distance and he's walking up and then he recognizes it's me then he runs up and he picks me up and he helps me to the nurse's office. And as he's walking me to the nurse's office, he hands me a card and he said, you need this. And it was a free trial karate class card. He was just happened to be, have a stack of them. Um, He thought if he can get some friends into martial arts that, you know, he can get like some of the, like a, a discount on his next month or some shit like that. So I took the card and I asked my mom for it and She gave it to me the next month as a birthday present. She paid for in full for an entire year. And my life's never been the same since. Um, That's all I've been dedicated to. But from that moment, I never got into another physical altercation in school. Now, it was weird because it wasn't like I didn't want to. I fucking did. Like (laughs) I wanted it bad because at that point, I couldn't fight my way up paper bag. But when I started training, I was training every day, like no joke. As soon as school was out, I was going to the school. I was nice. there early and I left late. I wanted to be able to fight. And the first competition I ever did was a month after I started. Like, I did you want ready, to get any yeah.
0: revenge? Did you want to get revenge on any of those kids? Like, of course, I, I want to get good enough in a few months or whatever, maybe a year or two. The long, the long con of it, and then
1: just whoop them. Absolutely, but it never happened, which is the the crazy part. And it why didn't not? Begin. You
0: didn't. You had enough control to stop yourself from doing that, like. Well, I don't know what, like, I was hoping, I'm going
1: what I was hoping for was to get picked on and teased again and not let them know so I didn't let anybody know except for my friend who trained oh. with me that I was training so I was just training <clears throat> keep my mouth shut and I knew another moment would arise I fucking knew it would happen again I was like they will fuck with me again and when that moment comes I am going to beat the shit out of one of them and make a prime example Like, I will put myself into a position where I will most likely have to worry about jail time (laughs) because that is how bad I want to beat someone. And so, but it never happened. And then it took me like into my 20s until I looked back and reflected on that. And I was like, I wonder why it never happened. And then I started to realize that I wasn't conducting myself in my day to day life like I was previously. Like no matter what I was trying to do and how much I was trying to hide what I was doing, because I didn't want people to know I was training. I was ready to fucking go, but I didn't want them to know that. I wanted them to think I was a target, think it was easy and then fuck up, cross a line and catch an ass whooping. But what I wasn't paying attention to was all the little subtleties of my personality that were changing, the types of wording that I was using, what I would and would not tolerate, what I actually was scared of and what I wasn't your body says a lot. And so yeah, just
0: probably just how you were carrying yourself, probably walking a little taller and just being a little more
1: full of yourself. Yeah, I I would imagine. And at the end of the day, looking back over it, you know, martial arts has done so many great things for me. But the only reason that it did that for me was because I physically went to train. And it made changes that I was making to myself. But it doesn't, you don't go into martial arts and all of a sudden sit down and someone gives you an hour and a half lecture on discipline. That's not how it works. You know, you get your ass whooped a lot and you either become disciplined or you quit. You either go train harder. You either go work out, you either fix your diet or you will continue to get your ass whooped. No one gives you the lecture. I didn't know that. Like no one gives you the the lecture on honor and integrity. Like that's (laughs) half the time in martial arts that I've seen. That's not even close to a thing. You know, it's like nobody gives you these speeches you just have to figure that out over time and so what happens though unfortunately is that happened to me and that's a story i can tell people and show like look this is proof this can change your life for the better it can be a catalyst for a better you it can be but also it's another thing is that other people can see that see stories like that thousands of them around the world hundreds of thousands of them and then take advantage of people who are just naive and go oh I can change your life I can do this for you I can make you better I do this look at um Diego Sanchez Diego Sanchez is a prime example of someone you would have never in a million years thought would have fallen victim of a cult leader but did um it's crazy to me but Diego Sanchez everybody universally loves that guy he is just eccentric but he's himself and everybody respects that Still fighting. He was in the ultimate fighter season one. He's like one of the only alumni still at at it. And then all of a sudden Joshua Fabia comes along and he starts manipulating him and he starts like being in every one of his interviews, not allowing him to speak during some interviews, not allowing him to do interviews on his own. Joshua Fabia had to be there, had to be the earpiece. Next thing you know, Diego Sanchez hanging upside down like a bat off of a fucking pole while a fucking baby is punching him in the side. Oh, the yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's good for it. Like, no, nah, dog. Thank God Diego got away from that situation. But, I mean, holy shit. What, like, a crazy thing to think that a cult can infiltrate the UFC. Wow. Hell, Dale Brown. Dale Brown was in a UFC the other day. Like, cults can infiltrate anything,
0: you know? When you're doing these posts and then – the 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 master the sensei or whatever the instructor uh confronts you or, or or messages you how do those usually go like they're pissed off or are they trying to get you like no no i am legit like i'll show you like what what
1: almost universally they're pissed off <laughs> i'm like i would i wish because it almost like solidifies my thought process about them is like uh, the reason I've never been hit with a slander or liable lawsuit ever, and the decade I've been doing this, is because I have the facts. I quite literally look at facts, and I don't call people out unless I had a track record of shit that they've done negligent or fraudulent, and whenever they contact me, like, I'll give you an example. So I did get contacted by uh, an instructor one time, and his name is Edon Ablenick. please. Please look this man up. Okay, I did a video about him. The video I did is called. Edon Abelnick, Edon Abelnick, And he runs a system called Kala. And um, anyway, so I put out a one like minute video on my Instagram page, which I always do. Right. I don't say much. I just post like maybe one sentence and I just post that up and people can watch and make their own opinions and have their own thought processes and conversations in the in the comment section. So I post this up about the dude and then the dude immediately, like we're talking within 15 minutes of this getting posted. Some, one of his students contacted him, showed him that I called him out. And then all of a sudden he goes on his Facebook live for like 15 minutes on a rant about how <laughs> I'm wrong and how ridiculous it was. And ironically enough, I go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Instagram. And I let anyone join the live. And I do that specifically because I call so many people out that if they ever want to have something to say to me, they can come talk to me in a public forum. I'm there. I'm not hiding. Anybody can do it. And so somebody on went on my live while that was happening. And I was unaware this other guy was going live at the same time. Oh, nice. And so on his live, he was talking shit about how I what, never like con- contacted him, never confronted him. Don't know shit about him. And I'm too scared to talk to him. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I didn't even know your personal shit. Like I just saw a video. I didn't even know who this fucking dude was yet. I saw a video. It was quite obviously fraudulent. He's doing gun disarms with live ammunition. Like there's a real bullet in that gun he's disarming. And so he'd do the gun disarm and the gun would go off above his head or go off beside him. And in my head, I'm like, that's fucking dangerous. You can kill somebody. And as a matter of fact, in South Africa, it's 100% illegal. That is negligence with a firearm. And he did get kicked off that gun range. But all that stuff I wasn't aware of, I just saw the technique. So I'm live and somebody was like, why are you too scared to talk to him? I'm like, I'm not too scared to talk to him. It's like, <laughs> I to bring him on. I'm like, yeah. come on. <laughs> and then they kept talking shit. I was like, why are you still typing? Just bring the guy on the live and we'll talk. And we did. And we had a very mutually conducive conversation. It was very good. He had said some things. I said some things It was never disrespectful. And we just had a conversation. But then after that live, because there were a lot of people who knew him and his track record. I got sent some of the most outlandish shit I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Like people were like, dude, you just talked to this guy and you didn't mention this. You didn't mention that. I was like, I wasn't aware of these things, but please send me more. So apparently this dude shot a student doing gun, gun disarms with live ammunition. Like I assumed would eventually happen. I just didn't know it did yet. These so, are
0: the, the, Those gun disarming techniques where like someone's pointing and you push it away real quick. Like
1: that yeah, kind of so stuff. Like, sorry, we're clear. So like one of the gun disarms he has, he's got the gun pointed at his chest, and he tells the person, knowing damn well that there's a round in the chamber, he's like, don't put your finger on the trigger guard, put your finger on the trigger. So now there's like a finger on the trigger and it's pointed right at his chest, and he winds up uh, pushing the gun offline, reaching underneath, grabbing a hold of the firearm, and and the gun does go off, missing him. But again, he's at a gun range, so you're. It's a big no no. First of all, it's really fucking stupid to do, even if you're not at a gun range. But really wow. dumb. What's, so what's he winds up? He winds up shooting a student. He admits that he did this. All this is on my video that I did about him. He admits that he shot a student. He does not deny that. And people are like, well, he at least he admitted it. Yeah, okay. You can't deny that. <laughs> yeah, like he can't. Like, why would he lie? He's already caught doing it. Like there's right. evidence. Like him lying about it would just be oh my stupid. God. And so that's the first thing on the record then come to find out that multiple times, whenever people talk about him, about his particular system, he challenges them to fight. And multiple times people have accepted where he's in the same city. And then they'll the people that he challenges show up to the location that has been designated for them to have this challenge fight, but he never shows up. And of so it's not, <laughs> yeah, but like then next. Because again, the only reason I bring that up is because his cult followers are like, oh, you never say that to his face. I'm like, many people have tried to say it to his face. And many times he has a track record of not showing it, like evidence of him not doing it. But the icing on the cake to me was that he set up multiple seminars around the world. And I have proof that at least three of those seminars, he had all of these people who were going to be at the seminar paying full upfront for like a several day seminar, which is quite a pricey bit of money then he never shows up. And so these people contact him and go, yo, we'd like a refund, like you didn't show up. And he refuses. Well, that's fraud. (laughs) That's legitimate fraud. That is the definition of fraud. And so I put this video out and every last piece of evidence that I put out was followed by a screenshot of him himself admitting to what I said. He admitted that he won't give these people their money back. He admitted that he shot a student. He admitted that he didn't show up to any of those fights. All that stuff he himself admits to. So I put this video out. And then immediately, immediately, I get bum rushed by his cult followers, right? And then I'm like, he admitted to everything I said. What's the issue? And like their only problem is the fact that he is him. That is their problem. They're mad that I called out the facts of what he has done and that I'm making fun of their cult leader. And like every time universally, I would say, what did I say that was incorrect? And to this day, even from him, I have not gotten an answer. Human beings are, are, we're just
0: weird creatures. How how do we just get tricked so easily and then just fall into these cults like this? Where no matter, like, just all, you're like, like, I'm finding out now, they're just the craziest. I never thought there'd be. I mean, they're like little gods to them. Like, why? Because this guy is teaching you, quote unquote, how to disarm somebody. With a live I, I can't get over that. He's got no trigger discipline and he's got one in the chamber. Like that I, I don't know how you don't get put in not put in jail for something like that. Because like it was I, in South Africa.
1: That was oh, it. Like okay. I, I contacted the gun range. Actually, I'm sorry, the gun range that he was on contacted me. South because Africa. I put out a video okay. and then um the when I put the video out, it got went pretty viral. And so someone in South Africa contacted the gun okay. range they were like, isn't this your gun range? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. Like, and then, so that guy contacted me and even crazier, apparently after they found out like about this video, they had already found out before I got it, by the way. So th- this had already passed. They had already kicked him off the gun range, but when they kicked him off the range, they also filed a police report because he was handling a far- firearm negligently, which is a big no, no in South Africa. And so, but in South Africa, those police give no fucks, and so they got the police report. They were like, "eh, <laughs> nothing really oh, good." Okay. You
0: know? What are? Do you have any uh, good stories of like people locally around you? Are there any bad actors around you that you've confronted or? Um, where are, you, are you? LA? Long. I'm. A, where are Where are you located?
1: By the way, I'm in Florida.
0: Florida? Oh shit! There's probably stuff going on every four blocks from
1: you. Well, we have a sheet who was in florida um uh, ashita kim is like this uh i i would say he's a ninja like but he's definitely just an exaggerated liar <laughs> like, but so ashita kim wrote like several books about his life these are supposed to be autobiographies but they're basically just soft porn <laughs> oh nice <laughs> so it's just like his sexual prowess that if you saw this dude it was it's even funnier because he's like maybe five five he's like 120 pounds wet like rail talks about his his masculine prowess Um, but he has this challenge online which i find absolutely hilarious you gotta look this shit up go to Ashida kim's website it's really easy to find but he has a ten thousand dollar challenge to anybody who wants to fight him and one thing ashita kim is good at is not martial arts but it's writing he writes very well And so he, that's why he's written books. And you, you would imagine that this dude's life should have been a writer, but rather than doing the thing that he's actually talented at, he wanted to do the thing he has no talent in, which is martial arts and just wrote about how good he is. Um, And so this $10,000 challenge has three caveats, right? One, the $10,000 challenge is not up for grabs. You have to pay him $10,000 to fight him, period. So it's like, it's 10 Gs just to fight him. He'll accept it. The next caveat, you have to have $2,500 in escrow has to be in, sitting in an escrow account. You have to prove that you'll be able to pay him. The next one, he gets paid no matter the outcome. But if you don't show up on time in the ring on time, you automatically forfeit and he wins. Also, he gets half the door. He also gets half of any other sales that go on in the facility. So now He's basically put himself in a position where the only way you can fight him is if it's in a pro fighting setting because now people are paying money in order to to attend. Mm -hmm. So now that's a professional fight, right? And so or it could be an amateur fight. But at the end of the day, once he starts getting paid for fighting, then it automatically becomes a professional fight. So it's very tricky in the wording. But when I'm looking at this dude, I'm thinking, I'll do that. (laughs) <laughs> i think i'm gonna do that so that's uh, eventually gonna be a goal of mine is i'm just gonna like get all that money together and just put it exactly how it states set up a fight and just see if he can death touch me because the guy actually has we have him on camera saying that he can dodge bullets like straight up we have him on camera saying that he like talking about stories about the death touch like the guy is absolutely insane
0: oh man i love that Florida
1: boy i love yeah well
0: that's where uh, isn't that where. uh Kimbo Slice started was that Miami yeah, yeah like, like and, uh, get one of them backyard brawls going with this guy you can charge people out the door does he say it has to be a professional setting I mean use some kind of well in order for brawls. me to be
1: able to show other people I can't necessarily just break the law for that guy so, what do you like, mean you well, can't
0: like, let the backyard brawls are fine someone else can just record it on their iPhone and you know
1: no nah, homie I'm, I'm not in jail <laughs> I don't plan on going to jail anytime soon so I would just contact a promoter on an amateur card and just talk to him and see what we could get done and then just have an actual audience instead of a backyard thing like I would want an audience I would want to at this point my goal would not be to hurt him because he's an older man my goal would be to show how he can't hurt me um you know like you're gonna hit me with the death touch okay what am I gonna die in 75 to 80 years okay that was gonna happen anyway I'm <laughs> like sorry brother like I hate to hurt your feelings but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna die well before that so it ain't all because of your death touch it's going to be because some fucking ninja out there in the world got upset that I called out their instructor and they're going to pop out of bush and hit me with a poison dart. or Ooh. some shit. Ooh. I get fucking death threats all the time, but it ain't going to be because of your death touch. I promise that. So we right. this dude up and just like poking him in the forehead while he's, I have back mount, you know, like I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like just humiliate this man because at the end of the day, the goal is not to hurt anyone. Right. The goal is to get people from not being hurt. Like, People tell me all the time, you should just go to these places and just confront them. I go, that is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard in my life. Like, so people, people really do. They want to be entertained, but they don't think about the consequences of the actions. So they're like, we want to see these people get beat up. What will that actually solve? Like it's happened a few
0: times. Like you've, I've seen a few of those videos where, where the, the big, you know, the dude, the real, the real guy beats up the fake guy, like the fake instructor. Yeah. What, what happens
1: after that? Does the school just fall apart? No, no one quits. No one leaves. That's not how cults work. Like you have to remember like cognitive dissonance is a really big thing in terms of deciding if you're going to stay or leave with a cult. So like, let's say for instance, you're a part of a cult that believes that square is the only shape that exists. There is no other shape other than square. And I come up to you and I literally show you a circle. I go, look, a circle exists. This is a real thing. I am showing you right now evidence of a circle. And they will tell you all day long how you were absolutely incorrect. They'll go, no, that's just a square. When you just cut off the corners of a square, that's not a different shape. It's the same shape, right? And so a circle will fit inside a square. Like, so they'll, they'll try to convince themselves the lie. Right. So they'll right. perpetuate the lie. Well, I right,
0: know you got me thinking. Everything might be a square, Rob. <laughs> <laughs>
1: where we all die or we're alone. Right. um pay attention to the spaghetti monster you will worship him um, but when it comes down to those those people they have to make their own decision and so what never helps is the confrontation like think about abusive relationships like and te- let's I'll give you a great example right think about someone like if you had a teenage daughter right i don't know if you do nor do i really care for you to answer but we're going to imagine you do and she starts dating the biggest dick hole you've ever met in your life and you know that he is a dick you can see all the signs because you're old enough you're a dude you understand how this guy's brain operates and you can see right through that thin veneer and then you have a choice you have to make a decision how you want to handle this you can confront the man and go you know what you're a piece of shit. I don't want you to fucking date my daughter. I guarantee you that next week, he's going to have your daughter bent over some fucking balcony railing. Why? Because she will now play the victim. Your dad just got came all over me. I don't know what happened. He got so upset and mad and just yelled and screamed at me. And then your daughter's going to come to you and go, dad, why did you do that? I love him. He's the love of my life. And then now you're put in a position where you look like an asshole. So confronting him didn't help. Right, (laughs) right. So now imagine that on a bigger scale. Imagine now you have a cult leader and then here you are trying to explain to your friend, this guy's a dick. He is fucking manipulating you. You think it's going to be that easy? Or how about this? Do you think people stop smoking cigarettes because people, someone walked up to the president of Marlboro and punched him in the face? No. How did people stop smoking cigarettes on a mass level? I don't know if you remember this campaign. It was called the Truth Campaign. Right.
0: I I remember that. really
1: quick maybe 15 20 second black and white commercials yeah and then there would be people standing outside in new york and all of a sudden all of them just fall down on the ground and then it would just be like x amount of people die every year from secondhand smoke and that was it and then what happened mass numbers of people started diving off the smoking bandwagon because they started showing people with tracheotomies with people oh pe- yeah that pe- way
0: i used to do i used to smoke <laughs> for back a back the day and now this is my exactly voice.
1: the smoking sucks don't fucking <laughs> do it bro. you know and so but that showing people the truth allowed them to make their own decisions as to what they right. wanted to do if you would have just beat the shit out of the ceo of Marlboro, you would have never changed anything Would it be entertaining to people? Yes, but do you really want change or do you want entertainment? And I think the problem is is that people confuse the two. They confuse entertainment with actual change and growth. Change and growth doesn't happen just because you decided to be violent one day and people clapped because you did this thing. I think think people are just like,
0: I'm going to show you like they don't think about the psychology. They don't think that it's a victimology thing. They just think, I know what I can do. I can save these people. I'm going to go in there as a judo guy and I'm going to just beat this dude. I'm going to walk right past his chi and beat the shit out of him. That way, all of his little followers are going to realize he's bullshit. And I think they, you know, I think they have good intentions when they do that. They're just not thinking about it. Like, I had no idea. I didn't, until talking to you, I didn't really think about it like that, like how deep of it is. And it is, the way you explain it, it makes so much sense that it is just this cult with the grooming and the whole, with this guru that's like a master manipulator. You know, I, you know, I I understand manipulation very well. You know, I have a, well, <sighs> get into it, but you know, I'm divorced. <laughs>
1: You know, it's, it's sad. There are people out there who have done it. And there's, there's case studies that are already there of how this does not work. Like there's a guy in China, his name is Xu Xiaodong. And Xu Xiaodong needs a biopic movie about his life because it is absolutely insane what he's had to go through because of this. So one, he's in China. So obviously their government works a lot different than our government and what they do and do not accept. So he starts with one challenge match. And it went super viral. Like it's still around. Like you'll still see this thing floating around. Where he goes to fight a chi master who believes he can manipulate people without touching them. He slides in, grabs the guy by the gi, like right by his uh, sleeve, and punches yeah. him in the mouth one time. And then he stops. And then the guy's like dumbfounded because he's an older gentleman. He's like holding his face, like I don't like it. I don't think he's ever been hit before. And so he's just like, okay, well let's do this again. Tries it again and then the dude just beats the shit out of him and leaves them their leg. What they forget is like just because you beat him up does not stop and undo all of the grooming that this guy did to his victims, followers over those years. They now feel bad for him, but they will not change because they are now this is their father figure, this is their mentor, this is their life, this is their family. It's deeper than a punch. But even past that, let's go to America. Let's see how that would go in America. So I get a camera crew because obviously i can't record and fight at the same time so i get a camera crew and i would want it done well so i get a sound guy i get a camera guy me sound guy camera guy all three of us fly out that costs me what a couple thousand bucks easy to get all the equipment there to be able to fly myself and them out then i gotta pay them so they're working unless i get lucky and they do it for free but i already did this so most <laughs> of them will not do it for free right um then i gotta feed them and then i gotta house them So now I've spent thousands of dollars easy just to show up. Then I walk up to that person's facility. And when I get there, they go, no. (laughs) I go, what? No, you can't come on the property, bye. Why? Well, because technically right now, this is my private business and you're trespassing. I'm not allowing you on the grounds. You can leave. So people forget about that. They go, oh, well, that would make them a bitch. Yeah, but you wouldn't get the footage you were looking for now, would you? Or two, let's say I get past the door. At any moment that they choose, they can kick me out of their their business at any moment. So they could allow me in at first and then kick me out after. Okay, so now I still wasted money, got no footage. Three, they don't have to allow me to film just because they allowed me in the property. So they can say, hey, you can come in, but you're not allowed to film. Also, if I do that, I'm breaking the law. Next, if I go in there and I actually do confront them, And somewhere along the ether, I typed in that I was going to go and fight these people and I didn't word it very specifically. Now I've committed a premeditated crime if anyone gets hurt. (laughs) Or I get there and I sign the waiver and someone does get hurt. That waiver doesn't necessarily exempt me if I already said that I was going to make a premeditated crime by letting the masses know I was going to go there specifically with the intent of fighting another human being. Next, once I do, let's say all of that happens and everything lines up and all the moons align. Well, if that happens, they don't have to legally allow me to put that footage out to the public if they don't allow me to use their likeness rights. So what you would see is just a bunch of blurry faces everywhere and not – I wouldn't be able to do my actual job, which is tell the masses who, what, why, when, and where I am. Mm. Uh, So it's a lot harder than people want it to be in their mind. Like, again, like most of the people who ask for shit like that, though, are typically people who have private profiles – who never show their face every, anywhere in public or mm-hmm. like let people know who they are online. Like these are people who were just broken. There are people who have some type of issue themselves in which they need to be satiated through violence. And it's like, if that is what your life is about and that's what you're living for, I mean, I'm not gonna judge you, but I think that's sad. You know, I think that sure. that's sad that that's the only way that you're able to solve your issues is through ultimate violence and through your own self-indulgence of so. Like, what about the victims? Like, do you not give two fucks about them or do you just want people to fight people for your entertainment? Mm. And if that's it, that's cool. That's that's on you. I mean, I like watching people fight too, but what I don't do is sit there and try to think that it's going to solve some of the world's problems by two people getting in a cage and beating each other's ass. It doesn't solve anything. All it really does is let you know who would win a fight that day. Right. So.
0: Man. Wow, this was fascinating. Rob, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I, I love your... I love your rule that you, you know, I kind of said the same thing when I first started this podcast. I've been doing it for about four years now and uh, I've been wanting to get you on for a while. And this is just, yeah, this is exciting for me. I, I really appreciate someone like, you know, I, I think you're like a big you big name type thing because you're following and what you do. And I, it's really cool to talk to someone who uh, I'm a fan of. Like I'm a fan of, of what you've done and, and your page and everything you do. And I think it's really cool. Uh, I didn't know how much you cared and i didn't know that you had like this real caring statement and belief that you look at it from kind of an outsider's perspective and just like oh this is just fun entertainment it's a fun page i didn't really think about how much help it's actually doing and to see that you're really invested in it and it means something and you're doing it for the right reasons man that's really cool that's
1: awesome man i appreciate it dude i think that I think that sometimes what I do is misunderstood because I, every, everything I've done on the page is very purposeful. Yeah. Um, and I think that some people can look at that purposeful content throughout the years and just see it as a meme page, like mm-hmm. they look at it that, like any other meme and just kind of laugh at it and move on with their day. And some people get that. But what I've noticed is universally over a long period of time, almost everyone has the same cycle of behavior on the page. So they'll start and they'll think it's just funny. And then the next step is disbelief. So they'll, they'll go, oh, this is really funny. And then they go, there's no way people could actually believe this shit. Like fortunately they do because I provide all the evidence. Just go to our YouTube channel, full breakdowns there. You can see all the evidence. People really believe this shit. Then next is they'll get mad. They'll go, man, I can't believe. Like Then that really starts to sink in because they realize this isn't just an isolated incident. This is worldwide. This is happening all the time. And even in places like Indonesia, military, the military is being taught that they can knock people out with their mind. Like, like, this isn't just an isolated thing. And so after a while, what happens is people really start to understand that this is more than just a thing to laugh at. It's funny at first, for sure, until it's in your backyard, until it affects a friend of yours, until another kid gets raped, until another kid gets killed by a shady instructor, until you know, until another fraud hits and, and steals one of your friends money. Like it's all fun and games until all of a sudden it starts to affect you. And universally, universally, I hear the same bullshit that is a fucking cop out. People will say, I'll just worry about me and my students. And that's all I have to do. I won't worry about those people who were doing that shit. Okay. let's go down that process. I want to go down that thought process with anybody who actually believes that fucking nonsense. Mm -hmm. So let's say martial arts is a building, right? It's a high rise building. And on each one of those floors is a different martial arts school. Karate is on one, Taekwondo is on two, Jiu Jitsu, Aikido, all the way up, right? Thousands. And you walk up to the front desk every day to check in for work. Hey, hey, Susan, how's it going? Yeah, I'm going back up to three. Thank you. You get your key card. They buzz you up. You take the elevator up. And every day you look over and you notice there's an asshole trying to burn the building down. (laughs) But you're just going to worry about you and your people and everything's going to be fine. That's bullshit. Because what you're doing is you're now ignoring the problem, making you inept, making you a part of the problem. You're so fucking enamored with your own shit and your own ego that you can't see the forest for the trees that that motherfucker is going to burn this building down and you're a part of it and not only a part of it you aided them by ignoring them the opposite of evil is indifference or the opposite of good is indifference mm-hmm. sorry so the opposite of good is not just people doing bad shit it's good people refusing to do anything to help Amen. stop bad shit
0: there it is you know? well there's an old saying you know you're be part of the uh, solution or be part of the problem rob you are definitely part of the solution uh, i hope all the c- instructors out there are paying closer attention and, and trying to get this uh be you know put out put out these fires turn into firemen all you martial yeah. arts instructors i gotta get out of here i gotta go see the dentist uh rob i really do appreciate this man this was this was awesome uh i want to leave here with uh how people can find you and plug whatever you'd like to plug
1: yeah, for sure. You can check our other stuff. Uh, McDojo Life pretty much on anything. It's The McDojo, I do believe, on Facebook because we got kicked off and wind up coming back, <laughs> um, getting building that back up. But if you really want to learn, really learn about who these people are and, and learn the facts about what they've done, go to your YouTube channel. Like our YouTube channel does in-depth studies on who these people are. You can learn about their culture, their history, the evil things that they've actually done and busted for. All that stuff is on our YouTube channel.
0: Nice. Uh, McDojo Life on YouTube? That's it. Beautiful. All right, my man. appreciate you. Not a problem. All right. Uh, This will be up soon. I'll let you know when it's up. Cool. All right. We're out of here. Bye.